HSBC Business Editions Minat. Welcome, everybody. My name is Khalid Al Qadi. I'm a senior manager for the UAE and international markets at HSBC Minat. Uh, we're delighted to be joined today by Professor Greg Clark, um, who's one of our most popular colleagues uh, and the global head uh, of future cities and new industries, to give us a different perspective on the world we live in and the potential challenges and opportunities of the current situation. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Professor Greg Clark. Well, thank you very much, Khaled. Good morning and good afternoon to all of our guests and clients, and thank you for joining this webinar. The context for today's uh, conversation is really cities and the future. I've spoken with nearly 100 cities and with many, many more investors, businesses, utilities, and service providers that are living and working and have their capital deployed in cities, asking the question, what's going to be the impact of COVID-19 on the future of our cities? The context of this, I think, is worth noting. We're living in an urban century. That century, beginning in 1980 and ending in 2080, marks a transition a transition from 40% of the world's population to 80% of the world's population living in cities, where the magic of cities is that cities manage to bring people together. Now, in a situation where COVID-19 prevents people from coming together, this is raising many questions about the future shape, the future size, and the future functions of our cities, and all of the investors, businesses, merchants, entrepreneurs, and workers who need our cities as the center points of our economies have become concerned. Today's seminar is really about exploring this very important question. How does COVID-19 affect the way the urban century will continue, and what kinds of changes can we expect? The first thing perhaps to say, though, is that what the urban century has revealed so far is that cities are good for us. Cities, on balance, reduce poverty and they increase social mobility. They create consumers and they provide people with uh, services they couldn't otherwise uh, receive. They have a big impact on productivity, improving the way firms behave, but also increasing the return on capital for assets that are based in cities. So when we think about the future of cities, the urban century, and the cities of Manat, what can we say about the impact of COVID on all of these? We also don't know what the returns will be to different nations, regions, and cities, depending upon how resilient they have appeared to be throughout the crisis. There will be winners and there will be losers, in part based on the perceived performance of each region and each city in how they've managed the pandemic. We also know that at the behavioral level, people are changing the way they engage. They're exploiting that link between the human, biological, the spatial, and the digital world that the Industrial Revolution brings. And we believe that the fourth Industrial Revolution will achieve a big acceleration through this process. Finally, we don't really know when public confidence will return and trust is a very important part of how cities work because it's trust 
in the use of shared services, shared spaces, and shared systems that really makes our cities tick. So we have to take a view that looks at these things in distinctive and different ways and think about how is the city impacted by COVID overall. COVID is clearly acting to change the flows of people, and it's changing attitudes to public safety and public space. It's having a very particular impact as well on business activities, with many businesses being closed down or temporarily in furlough, uh, 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 many difficulties in trading through the crisis, and of course lots of public support and banking support being provided to businesses that are disrupted by this process. There are also big issues about perceptions of cities that are emerging through this. One set of perceptions is about whether cities can really be healthy, given that they bring together concentrations of people in the same pace. And there's nothing like a pandemic, of course, to reveal that proximity and concentration can have negative and unintended consequences. But there's also some perceptions that this COVID crisis is reminding us of the importance of the sustainability, the resilience, the diversity agenda, and the link, as it were, between human health and planetary health is being remade. And there's a spatial versus virtual conversation beginning to happen. Are we seeing a big shift towards a digital world, or is this really just incremental? The good news is that many of us are seeing and now believing that the unintended consequence of COVID-19 has been a rapid uptick, uh, a rapid shift towards using digital technologies that were always available to us but weren't being optimized. And I think the optimization of things like video conferencing, uh, the longer-term uh, impact, of, for example, of blockchain in this space, how we're able to use um, all sorts of as-a-service um, type business models, whether it's retail as a service or whether it's, of course, banking as a service or whether we think about place as a service. Technology, this has been, uh, this last period of time and the next period of time, we'll see a, a rapid um, shift up in our utilization of technology. You may think that eventually things will be solved by either a vaccine or very reliable immunity or high-level testing, and that more or less will be back to normal with everybody trusting the urban space and the shared space again, perhaps by April 2021. It may be your view that COVID-19 will so accelerate technology use that it will almost make physical proximity unnecessary. And we'll have a new kind of urbanization where we don't go to offices and we don't go to parks, but perhaps we do uh, live in spaces which are uh, well connected, a little bit like we're living now, a kind of adapted urbanization. The magic of cities, as I said at the start, is about bringing people together. Part of the magic that occurs is this high sense of not just belonging to a place, but belonging to a community. So I think it is one of the great parts of this pandemic that people are beginning to enjoy neighborhood life again and beginning to enjoy looking out for one another again. I hope that it will be a great dividend from this time that many more of our cities will see the levels of social capital rise, uh, multiply, increase, and become part of the livability uh, for the next stages of the urban century. 
how, how do we see the impact on very dense cities such as Mumbai and perhaps something in the Middle East that we could compare that to a Cairo? And how do we stack up the benefits of density from an environmental perspective versus the safety of a disaggregated and wider space between people? So it's going to be very important to see how well cities like uh, Lagos and Sao Paulo and Mexico City and Jakarta and others cope with this. My attention is very much on Bangkok and Manila and, and other cities where we have high levels of density, very large populations with a lower level of uh, systems and investment due to the, uh, the level of development and the implied income that those countries have. So we need to watch very carefully over the next six months how that plays out, and we should, um, I think, hope for um, uh, a lot of help to be applied to those cities so that they're able to cope well. So that's one area of uncertainty. The second thing to say, of course, is that in many of these very large cities in the world, and Mumbai is mentioned in the question, there is a need in any case to shift towards good urbanization where high-capacity public transport systems is, are able to deconcentrate the parts of the city where you have very large numbers of people either living or working in close proximity to one another, but in buildings and situations that are inadequate. And if you like, in most of those cities, and Mumbai is a good example of this, there is a need to move towards what we might call a, a more polycentric but, but still compact city where there are multiple uh, uh, smaller concentrations within a large city which is well connected to one another. This is very important to decongest Mumbai anyway and to relieve the very congested roads to try to create a, a more dispersed city but nonetheless a city. And I think that um, the examples I was showing in my map of new shapes and sizes of cities uh, I think is very relevant for Mumbai. And then thirdly, the answer at the more general level is that for these cities in particular, um, we don't have as yet what we would call good urbanization. People in these cities do suffer from very poor air quality, for example, as a result of high levels of, uh, of, of vehicle use with, uh, with polluting fuels. And that produces high levels of respiratory disease. And those respiratory diseases are exactly the preconditions in which COVID-19 has its worst effects. So my answer to this would be that for these big cities, we do need to move to a more dispersed, more polycentric model, which still benefits from the advantages and the network effects of the city. And that means adopting low carbon transport to improve air quality and uh, decentralized real estate systems with multiple centers so that people can benefit from improved productivity and livability as a result. So it's a, it's a long answer. I apologize for that, but it's very important. Thank you very much, Professor Clark. Listen now to the next episode of HSBC Business Editions. 